Welcome to Good Land, the land where everything is good, because it doesn't get much gooder than hanging out with two best friends. I am your co-host, Norrin Shearer. And I am your co-host, Michael Bandhauer. And it is so good to be here in Good Land with you, Michael. Yeah, it's a good place, a good land. Where everything is good. Um, so Michael and I have been best friends for a very long time since like preschool. Yeah, it's been a, a long time. As long as I can remember. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Longer than I can remember. Um, (laughs) (laughs) and, uh, we, we grew up going to each other's birthday parties, hanging out after school. Um, I was, I was Michael's official chauffeur for a while when I got sure. my license, um, my driver's license back in high school. So I was, I was kind of the go-to driver for the group, but Michael and I, basically if one of us needed to drive somewhere, both of us would go. So we have spent a lot of time together over the years um, and it has been great. And so we decided that as best friends, we wanted to, you know, we wanted to have a reason to hang out and talk more. And that's kind of hard to do because we live far away and visiting people in these times is kind of difficult um, in our current era. So talking via the internet and then broadcasting our conversations to the internet seemed like the next logical step for us as best friends. Thank goodness for that. I can't imagine living like a hundred years ago, we wouldn't be able to see each other or we just live in the same place for our whole lives and never get to explore the world so that's true that's true um i was gonna say back in medieval times but i think medieval times were way longer than 100 years ago so sorry to any old people out there that i well i guess (laughs) i'm gonna guess that our audience isn't 100 years old um that's just gonna be a a guess for me and of course if we do have any 100 plus listeners i'm sorry I did not mean to count you out like that, but I'll I do my best. We can, we can say that that's not our target audience. If they are our audience, good for us, good for them. Right. <laughs> welcome to Goodland. Yeah, welcome to Goodland. Glad you're alive. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'll try to be more inclusive of our 100 plus listeners in the future. Um, but so Michael and I know each other very well. Um, and if you're listening, there's a chance that you don't know us very well, or you do, and you just like us. So it's one of the two. You either don't know us or you do. Um, I think that exists as a binary scale. And regardless of where you fall in that binary scale, we're going to help you get to know us better. I have found an article on signupgenius.com that has 100 getting to know you questions. And we won't answer all 100 because some of them are lame, but some of them are fun. And so we're going to get to know each other right here on Goodland Episode 1. And you can get to know us along with us. So, (laughs) Michael, I'll ask a question. You answer it. And then I'll answer it. And then I'll ask another question since I have a list. Unless you want me to send you the list in Discord. We'll just do it how I said. 
I'll ask a question. You answer <laughs> it. You'll ask I'll the answer questions. it. I'll ask another one. I'm asking the questions here. At least today. At least today. This time. All right. All right. Number me. one. Question number one, Michael. Who is your hero? Who is my hero? Oh, man. That's a good question. Um, I feel so out of, you know, famous celebrities and famous people happening right now. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'd honestly say like my heroes probably are like the people that we get to make in D&D together. Mm. Um, just because they're, they're people that one, I do get to custom make them. So I get to come up, you know, with all of their strengths as well as their weakness. So that's pretty fun. Um, but just like being able to create people that I can kind of look up to in different aspects. You know, this person has confidence that, you know, I wish I could emulate, you know, and this person is powerful in certain ways, you know, this person's strong. So I'd say just being able to like create people in D&D just kind of is like me pre-generating like a lot of my heroes. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That's awesome. And that's one of the reasons that I think you and I both love that game so much is that it's it's really personal, like the characters that you make or as a DM, the stories that you write, um, you can use those to to put a bunch of your ideas out of your head and into a, a space where you can play in them uh, kind of freely and explore them. Um, one of my favorite things about Dungeons and Dragons, there was an article, Critical Role is a really famous uh, Dungeons and Dragons streaming show. And there's, um, there's a one of the players on there, one of the cast members, Liam, he was talking a while ago about um, when his mother passed away, he was actually kind of using the game to help him process those feelings and, and work through the grief of that. And he said that without the game, he doesn't think that he would have been able to handle it as, as healthily as he did. It really gave him a, um, a place to work through those feelings and explore them in a space where they weren't directly connected to him because they were through this character he was playing. So it gave him some distance to view the feelings from the outside. And I just thought that was really cool. Like I, I can't think of a lot of other other games, other activities that let you let let you process your feelings in that way. So true. Yeah, it becomes just like so personal, you know, because I mean in a video game you kind of live as that character, you know all other games but like in D&D like you're the one who has to create that character you know you you either take an idea from somewhere you know and add your own stuff or you just create it a hundred percent from within who you are so it's just becomes incredibly personal yeah um, in ways that a lot of other games or media you just can't do as easily mm -hmm. yeah exactly um so what about you Norn who's your hero my hero I think this is a tough question, isn't it? I think my hero yeah. is is Leonardo the Ninja Turtle. And that's a good I answer. Think, <laughs> I think Leonardo the Ninja Turtle, uh, number one, blue is my favorite color, and he has a blue mask. Number two, he's got two swords, and two swords are better than one sword. Number three, he's the leader. And um, I, I think that is a, a burden that is placed on him. Um, and he, you know, a lot of the, the stories about him are about him learning to deal with that burden and how to be a better leader and, and put, you know, what, what he wants aside. 
but also learning that sometimes it is okay to do what you want. So I just think he has a really cool, um, a, a really good struggle that's really good to, to try and emulate. Um, and the way that he cares about the greater good and about his brothers, he, yeah, Leonardo the Ninja Turtle is my hero and he is certified good by Goodland. <laughs> I would say that Leonardo is certified as good. Certified good. <laughs> Both thumbs up. Yeah. So keep keep an eye out for that, Goodland listeners. If you if you're good, the highest honor that anything in the world can get is a certified good from Goodland. So we we don't hand those out, you know, to just anyone. Those are a sparing no. sparing award that we give out. Okay, Michael, name a number between one and a hundred. Let's do it that way. Let's do a random question. Okay. Uh, yeah, let's go with a 62. 62. What kitchen appliance do you use every day? Oh, dang. This is a good one. I like cook everything from scratch. So this is awesome. I mean, I use the stove every single day. I don't know if that if you'd count that as a kitchen appliance. Um, I use a food processor all the time. Mm. That, that comes in handy. Make, you know, smoothies, salsa, you know, anything that you want. But stove I use every single day, so. Right on. Yeah, I've been, I've been trying to learn how to cook. This has been an endeavor for me since, I think, the beginning of the first quarantine back in March of 2020 when everything kind of went... Um, since then I have been, um, trying to teach myself how to cook. I found, um, I have been watching good mythical morning for a couple of years now with Rhett and link, and they have a kind of a spin-off channel called mythical kitchen where the, their head chef for, uh, their company does cooking videos. And he kind of walks you through the crazy stuff that they make for good mythical morning and stuff like that. And so watching him kind of inspired me to teach myself how to cook. And so in, June of last year when I moved out into a place of my own um, and I didn't have parents to make food for me anymore, that's when it really kind of kicked off um, me trying to teach myself how to cook. And so it has been a, uh, it has been a journey and adventure. In fact, today I'm in the process of making pretzels and schnitzel with my father. Um, so we're, oh. I, I made pretzel dough just now. I'm waiting for it to rise as, as we record this. Um, it has a rising time of an hour. So while that, that dough rising um, is a pretty strict timetable for this episode of Goodland, because I got pretzels that need some attention. Um, but yeah, I've been, I've been teaching myself how to cook. I still don't say that I, I don't cook every day because now I'm living at home. And so I don't have to because my, That's good. That's my parents good do it a lot. <laughs> but I, I think an appliance that I use every day would be a tea kettle. I don't know if the Ooh. kettle itself is an appliance or if you would count the stove that I use to heat it as an appliance, but I make a lot of tea. And so that- We've got like, we have the one where you just kind of push a button on it and it heats itself up. And that is so nice. Yeah. I used one of those in my dorm room. Um, we weren't supposed to have like hot pads or anything with an open heating source in the dorm. Um, and so I had one of those where I would just 
flip a switch and it would like electrify the water and well i don't think that's how it worked but it <laughs> not <would>. quite <laughs> don't test it with your finger a thousand watts directly <laughs> to the tea kettle um but yeah so i used one of those in the dorm i also used to have a i had a toaster in my dorm room which was illegal contraband you were not supposed to have a toaster because it has exposed heating coils but i had one it was shaped like darth vader's head and when you nice. put the toast in it would burn the Star Wars logo into the toast. I had to throw it away because, so I had a bunch of frozen Eggo waffles in my freezer. And one morning before class, I took them out of the freezer, put them in the Darth Vader's brain, and I turned them on. Um, and the ice that had accumulated on the waffles while they were in the freezer melted from the heat. Mm -hmm. And so the waffles got really soggy. And so the waffles themselves sort of melted into Ooh. a waffle sludge that accumulated in the bottom of the toaster. Um, and I didn't really realize that. I was just like, oh, dang it. I lost the waffles. And so <laughs> the next day, I tried to make waffles again. And the waffle sludge in the bottom of the toaster caught on fire and set off the fire alarm in my dorm room. So I had to throw the toaster away because it was contraband and the smoke alarm was going off. So I didn't want them to be like, you have a toaster, you started the fire. So I I got rid of it pretty quickly. That's good. You didn't get caught then, huh? No, no. Good. There, yeah, I was, uh, I, I was a, a rebel in college. Well, sort of. <laughs> sort of with your with Darth a toaster Vader yeah a Darth, toaster. a Darth Vader toaster and a couple scented candles that I also was not supposed to have <laughs> you know if you're trying to get to know Norin that sentence right there that's Norin, pretty good <laughs> yeah you we, know. May as, we may as well end the episode that's that's all you need to know <laughs> <laughs> I will say you got uh my wife and I a waffle iron as a wedding gift, and that waffle iron is probably the most used appliance. As far as, you know, not including the stove, we use that like every single week. So thank you, Norrin. You know, you know what though, and that waffle iron, think about all the times that we made waffles together in high school. Like I think every school dance that we went to, making waffles in the morning for breakfast was our day date. Yeah, like homecoming and prom, we got together at like 7 a.m. to make waffles. It was always the tradition that the guys, we would always make breakfast and then we would just hang out all day. Sometimes we watch movies and stuff, but we just kind of turned it into like an all day thing and yeah. had a jam. Some people went like ice skating and or like took pictures in a park, but we made waffles and bacon and we made breakfast. Yeah. So who we, is the real winner some here? Good food. Yeah. All right, it's Michael, us. you ready for another question? Yeah, hit me. Okay, pick a pick a number between one and a hundred. Oh, okay. Uh, twenty six. Okay, I'll reverse that. Twenty six. Have you ever had a nickname, and what is it? Uh, yeah. I mean, I went by like Gideon for some time. That was like my middle name. That that is my middle name. It wasn't was, <laughs> still is. Um, so I went by Gideon for a while. Um, some people still do. Jacob Thomason calls me Gideon to this day. Um, I don't know, Norin. What other, other, other nicknames did I have in high school? I'm sure I had some. 
I I don't know. I don't think we we gave a lot of nicknames, but yeah, I don't we think we had many. I don't think that no. I have ever had a nickname. No, I don't think so. But I have a weird name to begin with, so it's you do. Pe- I mean, people, it is kind of a nickname. Yeah, people are already kind of like that's enough for me. <laughs> I have to remember <laughs> that weird thing, um, so that's enough. We we did give out a few nicknames though. We did. We love to give out nicknames to people, and they oftentimes stuck. You the know, one that people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The one, the example of one that has stuck that sticks in my brain is Compass. Yeah, Compass was legendary. Especially because we made him. <laughs> especially because we were wrong with the nickname. So we were in middle school, and there was a new kid who, who was on our track team who did not attend our school. He attended a charter school. And our middle school was right next to a, like a private school that was named Compass. And so we were wrongly informed by a coach or some other student that he was from. Probably it was us. Well, yeah, maybe we wrongly informed <laughs> everyone else. Um, but we assumed he attended Compass Charter. And so we named him Compass. And whenever he, I was a line leader in our warm-up line for stretches in middle school track, I know, kind of a big deal. Um, but as line leader, Compass was placed in my line. No one knew his name. So I started calling him Compass. So everyone else did, including the coaches. And it got to the point where at one of our final track meets, like the district track meet, he did really good in the triple jump or something. And over the announcements, they said in first place for the triple jump is Compass, his last name. I don't want to out him on our wildly popular internet show but <laughs> don't want to expose him yeah but they said compass they didn't even say his last name they said compass and then we found out that the school he actually went to was uh was called ambrose he was not from compass at all and so his nickname was a lie but it didn't he change. never corrected us and it stuck because what he he ended up doing track with us through high school too yeah and it, and it was stuck. always compass yeah even even people that went to his actual school i believe i'm gonna claim that I don't know if it's true and don't look it up because it doesn't matter. It was a nickname from high school. So don't fact check me on it. People, <laughs> people that went to his school called him compass too. So it's just, it's my yeah. truth, but I don't think I've ever had a nickname. And other than when you went by your middle name for a little while, I don't recall any as well. So yeah, maybe that's our task. Listeners, your homework to come up with cool nicknames. Come up with the nickname. There we go. Yeah. Okay, Michael, give me another number. Um, let's go with 38. Aside from necessities, what is one thing that you could not go a single day without? That's a good question. Um, you know, it's nice to have a phone um, with everything that that includes. So I, I mean, I definitely say like a computer or a phone. Um, I'm, but I mean, that kind of encompasses a lot because from that I could like watch movies and listen to music and even read a book. So I'd probably say like something I couldn't go a day without, I would probably say music Mm. just to like narrow it down to like one thing specifically. Um, just because, I mean, Naren and I grew up listening to music. That was something that we like bonded over all the time was in the early days, just listening to like Green Day and all our other bands. Um, we we record. We recorded a song together using the voice recorder app on my iPod Touch. Do you remember that? I wrote lyrics yeah, to a oh song. Oh my gosh! 
and we played guitar in my bedroom together. So unreleased cut of that. Is, well, I don't know. Maybe it's in my high cloud, but I don't know. But yeah, it's true. Yeah, music. That's a good one. Um, we definitely spent a lot of time in music together, especially because we did like choir and stuff through high school too. Like that was always yeah. a big part of what we did together was tied to music. Yeah. Yeah. And I forget that like choir actually was music. I always just look back at it and think of all the fun we had. Oh yeah. All the stuff we were doing when we weren't. We did to, yeah. Well, that to we weren't around. supposed to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if, if I had to pick one thing that I could not go a single day without something that isn't a necessity. I think it was more common that we were doing things we shouldn't have. So yeah, no, that's true. That's true. We definitely, and that's where some of our best memories came from is the stuff that we weren't supposed to be doing. Best um, of times. Yeah. Yeah. If, if I think if I had to choose something that I could not go a day without, I would like to say something like, books, you know, because I'm a creative writing major. Um, but I don't think that's true. I think I could go many days without a book. Um, I think the one thing that I would not want to go a single day without would be like, would be like pants. Like, if so, if I, I, I'm just saying, they may not be the most like profound thing to choose. But I'm just saying, if you woke up one day, and all of the pants and shorts that you own disappeared. You had no leg coverings and you had to go a whole day in underwear. That would suck. Like you had, I had a meeting today. I had to go to work, but now I don't have pants. So I think, uh-huh. I think that is something Especially that I would Especially if choose. other people did have pants and, yeah. and you were the only one who didn't, you know, everyone's like, Norman, where are your pants? And what would you tell them? I, I'm not allowed. <laughs> I don't know. I said on a podcast one time that I would want to keep my pants and the next day they were all gone. So I really <laughs> don't know what happened. But I have a feeling I did it to myself. That's a good one. I mean, here I am with no necessities. So I mean, are clothes necessities? Am I? Did I just say that I'd be okay being butt naked as long as I had music? I guess so. Think about it, Michael. That's a, that's a bold claim. But you heard that, it here first music is better than clothes depends on the music i guess music is like clothes for your ears oh that's a good that's a good way to put it i mean everyone has their different styles you know it's yeah. definitely for each of them yeah there there's go. a type of music for everybody there's a type of screen printed t-shirt for everybody all so. right that seems fair yeah bold i think we've cracked the code <laughs> All right, give me another number. Uh, let's go with let's go with seventy-five. I hope you're keeping track of these numbers, Norin. I am in the sense that if I find a question, if you say a number you've said before, I'll see the question and be like, "Oh, we already answered that one." So yeah. in that sense, I'm keeping track of them, which is to say, I'm not keeping track of them. <laughs> Sounds good. Okay, number seventy-five. Do you collect anything? Oh, do I collect? Um, I, I collect a few things. I mean, let's see. I collected rocks years ago when I was a kid. That was probably like my first collection was collecting rocks. Um, I love just picking up cool rocks. I didn't know what I was going to do with them. I didn't do anything with them, but they were cool. You didn't need um, to do anything with them. Those were simple yeah. times. 
<laughs> exactly. A rock collection. I had a stick collection. Um, you know, me and my brother and even Norrin and I, we used to like sword fight with these sticks we'd just find. Um, but now <laughs> I collect dice like for D&D. Mm. Yeah. You know, so I've got a nice little dice, dice collection. Goblin, I'm sure Norrin yeah. has, has a bigger collection than myself. Um, besides that, um, I collect feathers. I like collecting feathers on the ground, just like different like hawks and stuff, which I think is technically illegal. <laughs> I think you're not supposed to collect bird feathers, so please don't rat me out, anyone. <laughs> for for a large period of my life, I was very afraid of bird feathers because I was a kid, and Saturday Night I think it was Saturday Night Live. They had like a like a fake PSA sketch that was like this animated um, PSA warning against bird flu. Um, and I, I'm pretty sure it was Saturday Night Live. It may not have been, but I watched it on the television with my family and I was apparently too young for it because it just grossed me out because these people, they would like touch a bird and then like throw up and like die. And so for a large period of my childhood, I was very afraid of, of feathers on the ground. Cause I was like, if I touch that, I'm going to instantly get bird flu. Yeah. I remember being told like as a kid that like birds were like filthy and that I shouldn't touch the feathers. But I mean, <laughs> I like I lived on a reservation for a while and it was just like a thing to collect feathers. So now I, every time, especially since I like live out kind of in the middle of nowhere, like we have hawks fly around all the time. So if I ever find like a big hawk feather, it's like, oh, cool. Another one for my collection. <laughs> What am I going to do with it? Who knows? But I, I have feathers. <laughs> you have them for when the need arises. When, yeah, exactly. When the apocalypse comes and the, our need for currency, our current monet, monetary system disappears and all currency is replaced with bird feathers, you will be, you'll be the king. I'll be the king. I think, you know, uh, what is it? Daedalus? in the the labyrinth mm -hmm. <laughs> that old legend where would he be without bird feathers that's true that's he true fly away <laughs> he needed those feathers good point good point you could build preparing. wings i'm just preparing for the day i need to build <laughs> that's great well but, shoot i don't think my my collections are as cool as bird feathers i collect like comic books and magic the gathering cards true so i That's don't fun. think yeah but it's way more expensive than collecting feathers too like your feather true. collection does not provide and okay here's a question is it collecting if you pay for it okay well oh. yes that's dumb yes <laughs> there are people who make their entire lives out of collecting the people who do like action figures and stuff like that so no true. that was that was dumb but what's your like most valued collection then out of your your comics and such if you had to get rid of all but one what would it be mm. so personal value uh the the collection that i value most personally would it would probably be my magic cards just because they they are a way for me to like my dad and I play magic all the time. And so it's a good way for us to hang out and bond. And then I had, um, when I was 
living when I was in the dorms in in uh, where I went to school. Um, there were a couple guys that I met that I formed like a group with that we played every week. Um, so just a lot of the really good memories. And then even from high school, when you and I used to play, um, yeah. I just have a lot of really good memories associated with magic cards and the comic books are cool, but like, if I really wanted to, um, there, there are pirating sites online where I could read them. Um, True. but magic cards have the connection though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but if I had to, like, if I was getting rid of a collection to make money, it would be the magic cards because they are all together with everything that I have. I, I could make a decent chunk of change, I think. Um, and the comic books that I have are just not near worth as much. Um, cause I, like I started collecting comic books in high school. Um, so it's like 2015, 2016 comics. And then I just recently got back into it again. So like, they're not worth anything more than the $4 I spent on them initially. So, <laughs> Hey, they're worth more than my feathers. So <laughs> that's true. But yeah, if I had to get rid of a collection to make money, it would be the magic cards, but it, I would not like to, because that would make me sad. Yeah. Collections are nice. They kind of bring that, that comfort, you know, this is mine. This yeah. is what I've done, what I've accomplished, what I've collected. So collections are good. When I was in elementary school, um, I wanted to collect things, but I couldn't decide what I wanted to collect. So I had a shoebox under my bed that it was just a collection of cool things. Um, so it was just like, if I found a rock that I liked, I would put it in there. If I found a, uh, if I was at Roaring Springs Water Park, for example, and I found a Lego minifigure floating in the lazy river um, that I liked, I would take that and that would make it in the collection of random things. So it was just, okay. um, just whatever I found, uh, that I liked. I also collected maps for a while, like maps that you would get at a zoo or at an amusement park. I collected the maps from all of those. So oh, that sounds fun. Yeah. So it's I had a lot kind of, of like, like a, a memory box, but instead of like, you know, here's, something from you know uh my graduation or something it's a minifigure in yeah. the lazy river yeah. instead of something that has any actual uh emotional value <laughs> uh, all right you michael pick like a... bring oh you're good i was just gonna tell you to pick another number but if if you have more to say on collections please do no no you're good i was gonna say i remember when we collected bb's little multicolored bbs from like the guns mm. when we were in an elementary school and they, I think that yes. was probably the earliest collection i remember yeah. a story maybe you can validate this for me mm -hmm. but you ran like an almost an, an organization akin to the mafia in a way and you would reward children with bbs correct it was like a bb trading post is yeah, that true i i, I ran this underground um bb um group and yeah. it pretty much was just we would people would find bb i don't know how i ended up in charge of this little ring but somehow i ended up in charge and people would bring to me bbs so i think like what the most common ones were like green was probably the most common but then sometimes you'd find like a blue one or an orange one so everyone would just try and collect them and for whatever reason because they were cool and it's all we had to do at those lunch breaks so 
that, that was fun times. Yeah, when you became the BB boss, Spider Man's most like dangerous villain. Go. That can be my nickname, the BB boss. <laughs> yeah, yeah, BB boss Bandhauer. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. All right, give me another number. Uh, yeah, next number. Let's go with uh, 95. 95. Let's step it up. How many languages do you speak? Um, just the one. <laughs> just this one really good. Um, I like served a mission in New, New Mexico and Texas. So I learned Spanish. I can understand Spanish. Um, I can't speak it too well. But if someone talks to me in Spanish, I can understand what's happening. <laughs> um, and then Navajo. I know like a little bit of Navajo as well, similar to Spanish. I can understand it well. I can't speak it too well. It's been way too long <laughs> since I've practiced. Yeah. So that's that's more than the average person, maybe that's at true. least in America. Outside true. of the United States, people are much more proactive yes. learning languages. But here, to say I know <laughs> almost three languages is okay. Yeah, that's true. That is pretty impressive. But Norin, on the other hand, he studied French, right? I did, yes. I took I took four years of French in high school. Was so it took, every year? I took three or four years. I don't remember if I did it senior year or not. No, I don't I didn't do it senior year because senior year my mom became the French teacher at our high school. So oh, that's right. So I didn't take it senior <laughs> year, but I took it was three. always so weird seeing your mom as a teacher. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I took three years of French in high school. Um, I sort of, I remember bits and pieces of it. Um, and it's not like I was anywhere near fluent in high school either, but I did go to France on a school trip because my mom is a French teacher and, uh, she would lead these expeditions where the other French teachers from the district and their students would get to go to France and experience the culture so that was cool i spent like two weeks in in france we kind of went all around we started in paris and then just kind of traveled um and i will i will never forget the moment we arrived in paris and we went from the airport to our hotel so that we could put our stuff down um and i was very excited to be in a new country um and a new continent um and i was walking with my roommates to our hotel room and we walked in and there was um, a, a janitor, like a cleaning uh, lady at the end of the hallway. And as we walked by, I said, uh, um, we, you know, we locked eye contact. So I said, oh, bonjour. Um, and they just kind of didn't say anything. And I was like, oh, that's a bummer. So I was opening up my room and the two cleaning ladies, uh, they just started laughing hysterically as I was, I think they thought <laughs> I had disappeared into my room. Um, they started laughing hysterically and they were like, bonjour like making fun of my accent so uh i will never forget that um and i did not speak french very much while i was in france after that because that was day one i had been <laughs> i had been in france for like a total of like an hour and a half um and i had already gotten laughed at uh for, it, for attempting your dreams <laughs> yeah so speaking. i yeah so i was like screw you duolingo bird you <laughs> no no threats from you little green owl no or yeah your your threats cannot convince me that it's worth it after getting made fun of so cruelly <laughs> in the hallway 
in my uh, hotel room in Paris. That makes sense. Did we ever try and make our own language? I can't remember we tried making our own code or anything like that. That seems like something a lot of kids do, but... I, I imagine we did in... I'm flashing back to middle school, um, but that may have been me and Eric. It may not have been me and you. I could be, yeah. Because you took a leave of absence from Meridian Middle School until eighth grade. I came back. Yeah. Your brief stint as a charter school child, your brief. (laughs) Did not last. (laughs) It was fun. Had some good times, but man, public school, you just can't beat. You can't you can't beat the utter chaos that is the hallway of a public middle school. Seriously, oh my goodness. Good All right, times. Michael, pick a number. Um, let's go with um, 48. 48. How many pillows do you sleep with? Um, I sleep with just one. Um, we have like four on the bed, two for each of us. One of them is like nice, fluffy and soft. And the other one's like one of those like fancy bamboo foam ones. Mm. Um, and usually I'll just kind of like push one against the wall (laughs) and sleep on the one. I can't sleep on two pillows. Um, but I just like the one it's nice and comfy. It's nice and reliable. (laughs) Um, all reliable. Yeah. The all reliable pillow. You can't go wrong with a good pillow. Um, yeah, and you can go very wrong with a not so good pillow. So. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Um, no, I'm exactly the same way. I use one, um, and and I am fine with it. I like the one that I have, um, and I don't need any more than that. So, do you have just one on your bed? Or... Yes. Nice, nice just, and simple. Just a single pillow on my bed. It has a Star Wars pillowcase. Oh, nice. Um, so, I, I don't know if I could get away with that. <laughs> matching it up, man. That's one of the <laughs> one of the uh, privileges that I allow myself is a Star Wars pillowcase. And a Star Wars toaster, too. Well, not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> that, unfortunately, had to disappear. Um, I, I could not get the waffle gunk out of the bottom of it. It was unsalvageable. It was just, a, it, at that point, it was an explosive. Um, and I just did not feel comfortable with it anymore. So Darth Vader is long gone. At least you have the pillow. At least I have the pillow. All right, that How was an easy one. How many pillows is too much? How many pillows is too much for me? Yeah, um, for I you. would say two. <laughs> <laughs> two. Um, no, it, it depends. Like if I'm in a hotel room, I like to have a few more. Um, mm-hmm. ho- hotel In a hotel room, I like to have the pillow that I bring. And then I like to have a couple others to kind of put around myself this is a barrier because in a hotel room sure it feels like you're the only one that can access your room but when you leave people come in to clean it the hotel staff can get in there anytime they want so you are not ever the only person who can get into your hotel room and so in that instance a pillow fort to protect yourself is essential there we go yeah did you use a pillow fort in france i mean the cleaning ladies were making fun of you and they did have access. So is that their, your first use of the pillow fort? Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually uh, boarded up the door with pillows. I, I, I put a chair up underneath the door handle and 
uh, stacked it high with pillows um, and just just to make sure that they wouldn't laugh at me. Uh, <laughs> I'd wake up in the morning with uh, two uh, Parisian women standing over my bed, just pointing and laughing. There we go. And that was a risk I just couldn't take. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Remember, make a pillow fort, pillow circle around you you will whenever you're in a hotel room yeah it's like a it's like a no. sea bear circle or like how you know they say if you like put a circle of salt then like boggarts can't get you i think that was from the spiderwick oh, yeah. chronicles that may not be common knowledge only if you've read the spiderwick chronicles would that be common knowledge but uh the pillow circle in a hotel room is the same way uh hotel staff cannot touch you if you are surrounded by a circle of pillows so safety tip all right there we go safety tip Good. All right. Yeah, that was an easy question. Um, Noren, you pick a number this time. I pick a number. Okay. Well, I can I can see the question. So I'm going to turn my phone away from me. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to pick. Well, I feel. Pick a good question. Michael, I feel like we are obligated to at least explore what number 69 is. I think that's that's a good obligation. I think there's a legal holding over us that we have to at least read the question question number 69 how old were you when you learned that santa wasn't real how did you find out this is a good question this is yeah this is how, why we have this how old um, were you when you realized santa wasn't real and how did you find out man that's a good question um man i want to say i was probably like around 10 I don't know. Maybe there are people out there listening to this who are like, man, I learned when I was like five years old, what the heck took you so long? Yeah. Um, but I, I think I was probably around 10, but it, it was kind of one of the, like, those like slow realizations where I was like, okay, wait a minute. Wait a minute. This, this sounds like my parents could do this pretty easily. Um, so I kind of like pieced it together in my mind, maybe the year before I had my theories, but when I was like 10, I was like, okay, I'm going to confront the parents about this one. <laughs> Putting it to the test this year. Yeah. So then I like asked my, my mom, you know, like, Hey, like, do you bring the presents? Like, is Santa a thing? And she kind of let me down easy. She's like, yeah, no. Um, yeah, it's us. <laughs> <laughs> I still had like younger siblings. So I still got to like play along with it. Um, but for me, it was probably around 10 years old. Um, so I don't know what the average is. What do you think the average is for people finding out? I don't know. I mean, if if like movies and TVs or anything to go by, like how old were all the kids in Polar Express? Because all the Polar Express kids still, like they were firm believers at that point yeah, in their life. Believed. And they looked to be at least 10, right? What grade yeah. are you in at 10? Um. 10th grade? Is that how that goes? No. Yes, that sounds <laughs> fifth, right. Fifth grade. <laughs> that sounds right. Um, I think it's fifth grade, isn't it? <laughs> uh, probably about there, yeah. I'm not going to count find out. Fifth but grade, uh, sixth grade, something like that. Yeah. But yeah, so th I think they were all about there. Maybe they were a little younger. Maybe they were closer to eight or nine. But uh, but yeah, I don't know. Um, around Polar Express age, I would say. I think that's the reason they made Polar Express, right? So that kids who were on the cusp of falling out of Santa... They would be like, oh, well, if those kids, they met him. So true. Yeah. So maybe, yeah, it's, I'm going to go with the firm Polar Express age is the average. 
Yeah, well, we had we have two of us here. So how old were you? I I don't go? I don't remember exactly because I also unfortunately don't have a big story of like a moment, um, but uh, I I do remember. Um, you know, they say that you can ask Santa for whatever you want, right? So every year, I asked Santa for a jetpack. Because That's right. I, I remember you telling me this. I badly wanted to fly. And so I would ask Santa for a, a jetpack every year. And after a while, once it started, you know, I was like, Santa, a Lego set again? You know, there's just not, this is not on par with the level of tech, of technology that I was expecting from a this uh, is good but we can do better yeah like for a man whose estate can make any toy in the world right also like if i'm you know if you're making me a lego set why is it just the expensive one from walmart right like why isn't it you know like here's this is the the north pole in lego form right like they weren't like custom i was just like i could i could get this myself if i had a grown-up paycheck and not a 15 dollar a month allowance um, so I think it was a slow realization. I put the clues together and I, I don't think I ever even said anything to my parents, at least not that I can remember. I don't, I don't remember ever having a conversation about Santa not being real. So he might be because no one has told me for sure. Otherwise, um, I'm, I'm still a little bit on the fence. No one has completely confirmed to me. I've never had that discussion. Uh, but I came to, to the, the conclusions that I came to myself. Santa is not real. Makes sense. Hopefully, we didn't just ruin anyone's Christmas. <laughs> I know we we covered our hundred plus age audience, but we didn't even think about. We didn't our... even address the elementary school kids that will be <laughs> yeah. listening to us. Oh, sorry, kids. Do kids believe in Santa even these days? Is that do parents still teach their kids that? I don't know, man. I don't have I don't a kid. Know. Yeah, are you I don't know. I don't know what the protocol is. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the protocol is. Um, I'm gonna read the room when the time comes around, and if if my other future parent friends are still doing the Santa thing, then I will too. But I, like, I don't want my kid to, or maybe I do want my kid to show up and be the only one who knows about Santa, and he becomes like he's standing on top of the slide, and he has a bunch of like second graders pooled at the bottom of the slide, and he's like, "Hear ye, the tale." of Santa Claus and he's just spreading the good word of Santa to all his elementary True. school friends. So maybe I do I want my kid to be Santa's sole believer. Carry on the flame then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll see if anyone sticks um, with this podcast for a few years, um, maybe we'll find out. <laughs> Will Norrin and Michael teach their kids about Santa? Who knows? <laughs> Stick around and you'll find out. It'll be like a clickbait YouTube title. (laughs) Okay, what do you think? One more question? Yeah, let's hit one more. Okay, Michael, I'm going to let you choose this one. Choose just a really solid one. Let's go with um, 17. 17. If you could choose to do anything for a day, what would it be? Oh, that's a good question. Like, you could do anything for a day. There are no parameters on this anything. question. So, yeah. this is as the limits of regular humanity. Even I'm going to say yes because it yes. said anything. Okay. Yeah, it anything. did not. It did not pose a limit in the question. Okay. 
Um, man, that that does leave it very open ended. Um, man, I think it would be so cool to explore the universe because I mean we find we found some pretty cool planets and stuff, but like I mean we can only go so far. So I would probably just like jump ship from planet to planet just to see like all that they have you know maybe i'll find some aliens maybe i'll find some cool alien trees or something maybe you'll find santa yeah maybe i'll find santa i would just love to see like everything this universe has to offer kind of like if you've ever played minecraft and you just like open up world after world just to see what will spawn (laughs) see what you'll get just kind of like that. I would love to just check out the world. I like that. That's pretty cool. And I'd do it with Norn. I'd bring Norn with me because didn't say you can't bring friends. Didn't so. say you can't bring a friend. Exactly. You can do anything for a day. And I mean, you could even pose the question, um, if I'm traveling throughout the universe, does the day really end? That's true. Because I mean, you're hitting a new sun every time, right? Yeah. Yeah. I remember the episode of Phineas and Ferb where they like traveled around the world to make it last like one whole day without the sun setting. So imagine doing that on a globe, on a universal scale, a galactic scale. Yeah. Galactic scale. Yeah. That's awesome. That would be me. That's great. That's a really good one. That's a really good one. Mine is a similar sort of reality warping dream i would but it's almost the opposite where yours is like science fiction i want to go full-on fantasy i would like to be transported to a realm where i can live out a fantasy adventure and like save a small village from a dragon or something like that and, and like cast magic like for a day i would just like to be totally engrossed in a fantasy universe oh that'd be fun and you'd bring me with you, well of course because right? then we get the best of both every adventure needs an adventuring party so of course i would take you my friend you and i would be a dynamic duo in 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 the uh the ancient times (laughs) and we would good question we would teach answers yeah no that was a good one to end on that was a really solid final question there um well those were fun um that was way more fun than any time I've had to do stuff like that at a job or in a class. Uh, so <laughs> I think uh, people just need to learn about. True. Uh, people, people just need to learn from our experience here moving forward. Um, well, okay. I think it is time. It, it is about time. It's been roughly an hour. Um, my pretzel dough is almost done rising. Um, so I need to go bake pretzels. Um, we, at some point, we should workshop a good sign-off um, to end the show on. Um, that would be good. So we will we'll workshop that. Um, but for now, this has been Good Land. Thank you for visiting with us, the land where everything is good. I have been Norrin Shearer. And I have been Michael Bandhauer. And we will see you next time. Here's a, here's a sign off. We'll end on this note. Everyone, go eat some pretzels. Yeah, go get some pretzels. Bake them if you can. Bake a pretzel, everybody. Thanks for listening to Good Land.
goodbye.